0: Welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Starting off with some sound of Leslie Cheung and Anita Moy's last concert together, the king and queen of canto pop. Last week, Nigel Collette, who's written a biography of Leslie Cheung Kwok Wing, described his tragic suicide when he jumped from a window at the Mandarin Hotel in April 2003 at the age of 46. Leslie Cheung had a successful career in both films and as a singer, but as Nigel explains this week, he had a troubled childhood. But in adulthood, he had his long-term partner, Daffy, and his friendship with Moy. Chang was very fit, and his concerts could last for three hours. Yes,
1: he had extraordinary stamina. He was very fit, and he couldn't have done that. And He was not the sort of pop star that you always imagine, who um, smashes up his guitar, breaks up the hotel room, takes drugs, ends up in rehab. Uh, Leslie didn't take drugs. He he hardly drank. Uh, he kept very fit. He smoked a bit in his early days. But he was extraordinarily fit. He swam a lot. He played games. And that's how he managed to do these amazing concerts. Uh, when he was a younger man in places like Thailand, he had no money. He was doing two a day for, for something like um, three, four weeks at a go. <laughs>
0: yeah, very strenuous. I mean, but yes, yeah, so you say that he smoked a bit in his early years. But in fact, he became quite an advocate for anti-smoking.
1: Yes, and made a film, um, Ashes to Ashes, a short film for the Hong Kong um, anti-smoking campaign.
0: Yes, Ashes to Ashes, in fact, is very poignant because it uh, shows it from another angle. It's, uh, not the parents dying from lung cancer or anything, but it's actually the child dying from from passive smoking. You described how um, glamorous he could be on stage uh, in his canto-pop career. Um, Can you describe to me, I mean, you've listened to some of the albums, some were better than others. Um, What would you you say, are there specific, songs that that, uh, uh, mean more to you uh, than others. Were were some of them sort of like um, popcorn for um, (laughs) how would I describe it for the young teenagers and what I love is also just as a side side tracking myself is how you describe the audience. I mean the fact is that you know there's not one fan base you've got the young teenage girls coming with their grannies and then then all sorts you probably would have had even if it was closet you would have had the the gay community of Hong Kong perhaps did they identify with him as
1: well? Very much so, he was very iconic and uh, pe- people um, still think of him that way um, and th- that I think um, was natural because he was a very beautiful man um, and it was quite clear to most people what his orientation was but uh, the songs that I like most were the softer ones, I, I like where The Wind Blows On um, and, and, and from then on he, uh, he would alternate um, with the raucous uh, loud dance music songs which would have never been my personal favourite because I'm not really interested in that kind of music but he had a beautiful, soft, gentle voice, and and towards the end, when he was um, writing songs about himself, um, I and those kind of songs, um, he, he he was very very. Um, Um, Persuasive to those. My problem was that I don't understand the language. So um, people said to me when I was asking them about the music, uh, a lot of Leslie's attraction as a singer was the emotion he put into the words that he sang. Because you have to understand the words to be able to understand that. And sadly, that was a bit beyond me. Um, So I had to take it on trust from the people who told me.
0: But he actually did break down on stage sometimes. He was very involved in his own songs.
1: Yes, he was. Uh, And a lot of the songs towards the end were about him. And he had a mission towards the end. He he was trying to um, make... Hong Kong understand uh, it wasn't just about his own sexual orientation he was trying to make Hong Kong be a little bit more accepting of um, diversity uh, uh, trying to say that you can be what you want to be and you should be allowed to be what you want to be and he put a lot of emotion into those kind of songs he he was um, using songs as a medium for um, social change towards the end he was becoming quite political I think at the end
0: we've described how in Farewell My Concubine he's he's very prepared to take on risque roles not only to do with um, uh, his own sexual orientation, but also uh, a very brave film, as you described, to to be talking about uh, China in that way in the early 1990s. But he was also quite happy to take on roles where he wasn't very attractive at all.
1: It double taps the, the one in, in my mind he took on a villain uh, a murderer uh, someone who found he liked killing and it was a very cold role no one could like him in that that part and he took it on as a challenge uh, he'd been been given the choice at the start of the film to, to take the, the 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 good role which was the cop who actually caught him eventually or the murderer he took the murderer because it was a much more interesting part
0: yeah. and he also halved his wages
1: Yes, <laughs> again for the for the fact that the film industry in those days was in Hong Kong was was going through the floor. Um, they, they were running out of money. Um, American films were sweeping the market. And he was trying to make the industry work. Uh, he really wanted to make Hong Kong's industry work. He wouldn't go to Hollywood. He refused. Uh, he wasn't going to follow Chao yun Foot back to, um, to Hollywood. Um, he, he, Jackie Chan had, had made his name there. He could have made his name internationally. I mean, Tony Leung has to some degree, but he wouldn't do that. Um, he wanted to make Hong Kong work, and so he stayed here. Uh, I think he was, he was um, very patriotic about the country here, you know.
0: Tell me about his friendship with Anita Moy.
1: He had this beautiful friendship with Anita Moy. Uh, it was utter friendship. and th- There was absolutely nothing sexual in it at all. They seemed to have hit it off from the early days. Um, th- they were both loners, outsiders, people who'd had a hard life to start with, made it against the odds, um, had tremendous talent and found each other very funny, very amusing, uh, and looked after each other all of those years that they were together.
0: Did they ever sing together?
1: Yes, they did. Um, there, there, there were some duets that had been um, published uh, and appeared in films together too. Uh, and uh, if you look at Rouge, um, which to me is one of his best films, one of the most beautiful films, you can see them acting together. And you see the, the spark between the two. I mean, it's, it's, it's good enough to make you think that they're in love with each other. Um, It was that close.
0: Well, they are, in a way.
1: They are, in a way, yes, I think so. Um, And I think um, love is is absolutely clear, yeah. Mm.
0: And can you also tell me about his long-time partner?
1: Um, Yes, Daffy. Um, Daffy, they were together nearly 20 years. It seems to me that Leslie's life was an enormously successful love story. They met in the early stages of Leslie's career when he wasn't very famous, and um, he hadn't got much money. And they stayed solidly together and as far as I can see utterly monogamously together um, for the whole of that time utterly faithful to each other Daffy looked after everything in Leslie's private life that was difficult for him Uh, he made everything smooth Um, he stayed in the background he didn't expect to be uh, in the public eye in fact didn't want to be in the public eye Um, and Leslie built his life upon Daffy's support It was, to me, the explanation of why they went to Canada. Um, Everybody has always asked, why did Leslie leave his singing career at the end of the 80s and go off to Canada to live in Vancouver? Um, The only explanation to me is they wanted to be together, but that was the only explanation they couldn't give. And so I guessed at that. I have to confess there was no way of knowing that um and they spent their time together in canada and when they came back they lived together after that point um they hadn't been able to before
0: and what what uh, what did daffy do as a career
1: he was a banker originally yeah um, so finance um, which made it perfect because he could handle all the money that leslie had and and make everything easy and go away uh And he was also the kind of man, from what I can see, and this is from reports from all the kind of people who met him on sets and so on when Leslie would introduce him as his partner. Um, He would get on with all the other people to unobtrusively um, support Leslie, be there, be nice, um, calm Leslie down when he got upset, anguished, um, and make his life work.
0: In terms of um, you were describing that, uh, as with Anita Moy that uh, uh, basically Leslie Cheung had a very difficult start in life, he had very uh, remote parents.
1: His parents um, were very difficult with all their children. Uh, His father was not a good father to any of them Uh, and his mother had a really hard life living with his father who was a philanderer, a drunk um, and treated his family very badly. And Leslie was the last of the family. And by the time he'd come along, his parents were no longer really interested in children. So Leslie was left to be brought up by his armour, um, Luk Che, uh, who was the, the great love of his early life, uh, who was uh, devoted to the family and particularly devoted to Leslie and basically brought him up. Uh, even his siblings were much, much older than Leslie was, so um, he was separated from them. He hardly had any friends he was, when he was young. And something seems to have gone wrong in his in his schooling. Um, I, no explanation that I could find so far for this. One day somebody will probably give it. But, but Leslie seems to have given up at school um, very early on and stopped studying, refused to conform. And although he went to school and was never a, a disciplinary problem, um, he just wouldn't do work. And, and so he failed his exams. And he was back, 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 back yeared. I mean, he, he fell back three times during his school career. Uh, So much so that they had to pack him off to England to a private school to see if they could cram him. And all of that fell through for for other reasons. So he never had an education. And when he came out at the end of this, um, having really got no qualifications at all, um, his family had really much washed their hands of him. Um, What was he going to do? Uh, So he had no money, um, no... um, um, no prospects, no training, um, and if it hadn't been for the, his talent, the innate talent, uh, it all would have been bad, and, and the, the, it's not um, easy to conceive really how poor he was, his family wasn't poor, his father was quite wealthy, he, he got a good tailor's business, but I think Leslie was too proud by that stage to actually ask for any money. I had a lovely little story, just actually yesterday I met somebody who, who had met Leslie in about 1978, and a friend of his had brought Leslie to their flat. Um, to give him a pair of shoes because Leslie um, had one pair of shoes with holes in the bottom of them and that's all he could afford. So they actually gave Leslie a pair of shoes. He was that poor at that stage.
0: So we've talked about his, uh, a little bit about his film career and uh, and uh, singing, but uh, can you tell me some of the roles or what were the names of these early soap operas in Hong Kong? W- were they the really high quality stuff?
1: <laughs> some of them were, were fun and, and amusing, but some of them were pretty dreadful. Um, <laughs> the, the, the quality of TV in those days and Hong Kong was not great. Um, Leslie livens them up, of course. They're under the same roof, there were a couple of series of that. There were some, um, a series about new territories. There, there were a bunch of kids, for some reason, boys living on the top floor of a village house, girls living on the bottom floor, the other way around, I can't remember which. Uh, and, and it was it was typical teenage love stories, you know, who was in love with who, and and, and crises for the families, all those kind of things. Um, those were light, frothy, amusing. The beginning of all this, actually, I mean, nothing had been done like this before. But there were some more serious ones. Um, the Young Concubine was uh, a much more serious uh, film, and it also made him, his name actually as a serious actor. He was playing the part um, of, a, of a young man who came back from being educated at university. University to a village somewhere in in Guangdong and it was about the 1920s. Uh, So it it, it was a film all about uh, local Chinese customs at the time and he fell in love with his father's concubine. Uh, with total tragic tragic results, she was bound in a in a pig cage and thrown in the river as a result of it, which apparently was the typical way of dealing with a concubine who was unfaithful in those days. But it, it was a much more serious film, and it was the first time he had a chance to show his acting, and that was on TV too. Uh,
0: was he also able to do to pull off comedy?
1: Oh, very much so. Uh, a Chinese Ghost Story, one of my favorite films of his. Uh, he's so funny. Um, he's totally natural. Um, he um, makes everything around him just screamingly funny Um, utterly um, innocent utterly incapable of making anything work himself and totally lovable and it's a gorgeous film Uh, and he does this in several films Um, the the earlier one The Little Dragon Maiden which is a really weird film but he's very funny in it Um, he gets beaten up all over the landscape and and he's um, very amusing whilst it goes on he had a great sense of humour and uh, he um, was just absolutely natural at this but I don't think he was a natural actor in the sense that nothing uh, ever changed. He worked very hard at his acting. Uh, He he was very careful um, to rehearse and rehearse until it all came right, uh, to, to learn various things. He he did a lot of martial arts stuff when he was younger. He learned martial arts. He he had to learn the moves. He had to learn how to fight. They got bruised and cut until in the process of doing so. Uh, With Double Tap, he had to learn about, on a range, he had to learn how to fire a weapon, um, what weapons were, how ammunition worked, how ranges worked. Um, Always he was dedicated to, to actually improving his acting as he was his singing. So he didn't in any way take any of this for granted.
0: Would you say that Leslie Cheung was part of the heyday of Hong Kong films?
1: Yes, um, the, the classic Hong Kong heyday. Uh, uh, he was uh, at the peak of it, or uh, there may be another peak, but I think uh, we've not seen anything like him since.
0: My thanks to Nigel Collette, author of Firelight of a Different Colour, The Life and Times of Leslie Cheung Kwok Wing. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.